and welcome to The Turning Point, a weekly show that's being created to help you overcome the challenges of having the career you always dreamed of. Together, we're going to be learning how to overcome those obstacles that may stand in your way. My guests will give you an insight into their own turning point and what issues they came across when starting their journey to a happier working life. Today's guest is Byron Morrison, who's the author of Become a Better You. He's also the founder of Tailored Lifestyles Coaching. He helps others live healthier, happier lives by making maintainable changes to the way they eat, think, move and live. Byron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. Um, I can't wait to get started. We've just had a brief chat. Um, so let, without further ado, let's let's just crack on. Okay, sounds good. So we might as well start at the beginning, really, and um, start with the marketing uh, that you just briefly mentioned, and then we'll we'll get to the bit where you said um, that you'd laugh at me if I said where you'd end up now. So uh, let's start with that. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I think I was in the same situation as a lot of people, came out of university, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and I kind of bounced around from a few jobs and just landed up in a marketing career. And that was kind of everything that I always knew I didn't want. It was a typical nine to five job, staring at a clock all day and just kind of doing something because I needed to get experience in order to kind of move forward with my life. So I kept trying to convince myself that if I stick this out for a few years, um, eventually I'm going to have the experience. I'm going to move on to a better job and with fancier clients and that's going to make me happy. And I actually got to that point. I got an interview at a top marketing agency and was going to have all the perks like fancy companies. And I genuinely thought beforehand, this is great. I finally made it. And actually halfway through the interview, I kind of realized it's not my job I hate. It's my entire career. And I actually went home that night. How did the rest of that interview go? It was okay. I kind of just still stuck with it. Just oh, really? uh, I thought, oh, let's just not panic. <laughs> like I actually got the job offer and eventually turned it down, went home that night, cancelled it, moved to a new city, um, and just rethought my entire life. I um, signed up that evening to study nutrition, and I thought I want to write a book, open a com- coaching company, and do something that actually helps other people. That's quite a big shift right there. It was... Yeah, if we've gone from marketing to nutrition and writing a book, um, that, did something happen? Yeah, um, well, to be honest, uh, a few years ago, I was really unhealthy. Uh, I was close to 50 pounds heavier, did absolutely no exercise, and I really struggled with everything from self-confidence to just struggling with managing stress and just the, dealing with the ups and downs of everyday life. Uh, my dad actually got diagnosed with bowel cancer, and during his treatment, he had most of his bowel surgically removed and spent 25 days in ICU with a tracheostomy and being kept alive by a machine. Wow. And that was kind of the wake-up call that I needed because I saw of what of the, my own future if I didn't change my ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of from there set about trying to eat healthier, lose weight, and actually make maintainable changes. And as I was doing that, it kind of sparked my passion and I thought, I actually care about this. Whereas before, I had a complete disassociation, didn't even take any consideration of my own health. And yeah, that kind of led me to the book and wanting to write about my own journey and helping others going through similar issues. It's funny because out of, <clears throat> I spoke to quite a few people now about or on this general topic about the turning point. 
And there's a few examples where uh, it's it's been something's involved family or um, or some sort of catastrophe where out of the worst thing comes or, or a very bad thing comes something which is actually brilliant. And that's that seems to be the case with you. Yeah, exactly that. I think we kind of go through life just thinking we're invincible. And like I always, I think like a lot of people, you look up at your parents that, that nothing can happen to them and they're like invincible and then just the complete opposite happened. Uh, just watching him like helpless, like in a hospital bed, I was just like, this can and will happen to me if I carry on this way. Yeah, And also so the fact that we're in the middle of an obesity epidemic and chronic diseases and everything from diabetes to cancer and heart disease. And I, there's so many studies saying that up to 20% of deaths every year are down to poor diet and lifestyle choices. 20%? Yeah. Wow. So it's just like I talk about in my book that we can no longer afford to be ignorant to the consequences of our actions. Because I was a prime example of just thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. I, I, eating this way is not going to affect my health. And the truth is I didn't even realize how bad I felt until I started, finally started to feel better. Yeah. So it's that it'll never happen to me kind of attitude, isn't it? Yeah, which I think we're all guilty of it. And oh, yeah. Yeah, we always just leave it until it's too late. Yeah. The thing that always uh, kind of makes me laugh is you've got all these rock stars who are in their prime in sort of 60s, 70s, and 80s, who are doing all the hardcore stuff, the drinking, the drugs, and they're still rocking. I mean, we've got um, Mick Jagger, who's just had a kid. They've also got... Uh, they've got, they, they've got this gene. health insurance as well. I think they've got this gene where people of that era, of a certain kind of uh, uh, career, and they've just got this gene where they just battle through everything. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very, very weird, but... It was. I was only listening to something on the on the radio today, actually, um, and it was about um, um, this this exact thing. About it. it was talking about what you did as uh, as a, a young adult, sort of late teens, early mid twenties, um, and these people are now much older in the fifties, and they were saying that they they genuinely feel it's the stuff that they did in their youth that. Um, has given them the health issues that they've got. Uh, so they were talking about uh, going out raving every day and doing drugs and hardcore stuff, not just marijuana like cocaine and heroin and things like that. Um, and they think that it's a da- it's had it's although there's been a gap. Obviously they've they've stopped doing that and they've they've sort of grown up and they've got a family and they're married and things like that. They they think that it's it's just a direct impact on what they've done as a youth as well. Just because you've stopped doing something doesn't mean that it's going to catch up with you. I. That's a, a amazing point. I actually spoke to someone recently about something similar, and they were just saying, "Yeah, but life's short, and they don't really care. Like if they were, if it kills them, it kills them. Um, but if you think of it that way, like it couldn't be more wrong. Like we kind of have this perception that oh, we can eat whatever we want, and we just can have a heart attack and drop dead. Whereas the reality is, people who get ill like that, they then spend twenty years in severe pain and." They might lose a limb to diabetes and just have every day with the poor quality of life. We don't think of it in that manner because I think once you kind of adapt to that mindset, like the damage you do now can actually be irreversible. And we do need to actually think about the long-term implications of our actions. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> for some stuff, it's, it's blatantly obvious. Like um, years ago now, maybe five, six, seven years ago, I'm terrible at remembering the specific years. But 
I had a stress fracture in my ankle and now it cracks all the time. It doesn't move as much as my left ankle. But that's just obvious because I can see it and feel it. But people know that's like when they break their arm or their leg, they never get the same movement back. So why not think, well, if you're pumping all, you're putting all this stuff inside your body on the inside, just because you can't see it doesn't mean there's not damage being done. I think part of the problem as well is our diet because they found that sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. And it's just like pretty much everything we eat these days from milk to bread and even yogurts are just ram-packed with sugar. And your average person doesn't even realize how much they're actually eating. And it's actually just crazy to think about that's directly spurring on everything from cancer to diabetes, heart disease, and also obesity. It's, it's frightening, really, isn't it? Because everybody, everybody's, well, the more people I speak to just in general, everyday life, they are, you can tell that there's been, there's, there's, a, there's a change happening. The people are starting to look at um, the things that they're eating more. But then when you just look around, you think, Jesus, what's in that? Do you know what I mean? It's, it is insane. I mean, there's, again, because I'm, I'm, I, I, I only have a short trip to work, so I've got Radio 2 on um, because I feel like I've hit that age, but it's just generally more interesting. Um, but they've been having, it's, is it, you know, it's dry January, is it like sugar-free February or something like that they've been doing? And they were just talking about the different things that have got sugar in that you would think, well, surely that won't. And the, the the advice was, if you can make it yourself and it's easier, you're going to do it regularly. You know exactly what's gone in it. It's like salad dressing and all sorts of stuff, even the healthy stuff that's got... People just look at fat and calories, don't they, I think? And it, it, there's there's a lot more to it than that. I think part of the problem is people just don't know any better. I, I find it absolutely ridiculous that in our education system, people aren't taught how to put together a balanced diet. Like for me, it should be an essential life skill along with learning to read and write. So it's something that you can have to do three times a day, every day for the rest of your life. And I've get, got so many people coming to me that um, I had a guy earlier this week. He was like, what, what are healthy foods? What should I be eating? Like, he was absolutely clueless. Like It's through no fault of his own. And I think it's just something that that was exactly how I was a few years ago. So it was only because I went out and I spent ages trying to learn what I should be doing. And that's kind of why I've made it my mission that in a few years on a national level, I want to try and change the way that people think about and approach food and get more involved in the education system and kind of give back and teach kids that you can have healthy, balanced meals. And it doesn't mean spending every day cooking or spending a fortune either. It can actually be just as simple and easy as a lot of the other convenience foods we turn to. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm 28. Um, and certainly there was none of this sort of stuff that we're talking about now and over the last few years is it's never even it was never even a thought. It's it's amazing when you actually just sit back and think about it, that this the people taking an interest in what they're eating. It's only what a few years yes. that people have actually started thinking about it. Well, most of what we know about what to eat, we learn from our parents and like back in their generations, they weren't even taught about it either. But the mm. difference was back then uh, our foods were a lot less processed and refined. So like our grandparents' generation, they were eating naturally whole foods. and So yes, um, they were eating less food but also healthier and nutritious options as well. Whereas in this day and age, it's just far too easy to the point that we can get our lunch delivered to a desk at work and we don't have to move or do anything. And it's just great. That can happen. I've not come across that yet. <laughs> yeah, in, in more central cities. Well, pretty much any um, – is it Deliveroo, whatever the company is these days? Oh, Deliveroo. Yeah, yeah you can get anything delivered to you that you want. And 
yeah, we've just become reliant on convenience. I think that's the word there, convenience. Because a lot of people will either not enjoy cooking or they'll just think, oh, it takes way too much time, but it really doesn't. No, like, me and my wife have, 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 have made it, uh, a change last year that we just want to eat, eat healthier. Um, and it's we were just finding it's much more enjoyable. It tastes better as well. It's one of those things. Yeah. After you've kind of broken the sugar addiction and changed your perceptions of what healthy food is all about, it's actually delicious. Like I've found healthy ways to make everything from pizzas to burgers and burritos. So I've actually stopped craving going out for junk food. Like I don't eat fast food anymore, not because it's unhealthy, but just because I hate that sluggish feeling afterwards where yeah. you get that sugar crash and it's like I read from a while ago where the only reason they put a gherkin on a Big Mac is because of the Mac. So it's not a dessert. Yeah. And yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just like people just don't even realize like every day they're eating that and that's why their sugar levels are crashing and then they're craving more and it's just a vicious cycle and we just really struggle to break free of. And I, I don't think perceptions of uh, healthy eating help things either because you get people who take it too far and they kind of preach that everything you should be eating raw and you shouldn't be cooking foods and you shouldn't be eating different products and people just overcomplicate an issue that is actually really simple. Yeah, and by overcomplicating things, that's where things start to fall apart. If you keep it simple and maintainable, then surely you can continue with it. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to write a book because I just I got so fed up with all these latest diets and trends and people preaching it what we should mm-hmm. and shouldn't be doing and for me it's just if it's the 80-20 rule of everything in life if you can get 80% of your intake from healthy nutritious foods where you don't get any nutrient deficiencies and you're fueling your body with what it needs the other 20% you can have whatever you want yeah. and by having that balance you kind of move away from the whole idea of dieting like you shouldn't be judging a diet success on how you look or feel after two weeks. Instead, it should be how you look and feel after years. And any <clears throat> eating approach you go into dreading and not wanting to do is never going to last. Uh, we kind of need people to have a maintainable change. Yeah. So that, that kind of leads into into the what happened after your marketing uh, career. So you you just you wanted to, you were studying um, health and nutrition, weren't you? So let's just dig into that a little. Yeah, well, um, when I went home, decided to turn down that interview, um, I sat down that night, mapped out my plan. I was like, I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to write a coaching, start a coaching company. And I kind of then had to just suck it up for a year and just stay in the job I was in. So things didn't magically suddenly become better. Like, I was still stuck in a situation I absolutely hated and that was making me miserable. But Yeah, but in some cases you've got to you've got to do the things that are necessary to be able to allow you to do the things that you want to do. Exactly. It was it was one of those things that yes, it was horrible, but I kind of had a vision and a purpose. So it was easier to get through. And now looking back, it was the best thing I could have done. Yeah. I think that's something that people have got to remember. If you've got um, I'm going to quote somebody um, from one of the other interviews. Um, if you've got to deliver pizza to keep your dream alive, then good on you. Pat yourself on the back. Exactly. I think we're just we're so used to getting comfortable, and it's just getting to that point where you actually want to change and just do whatever it takes. Because I think a lot of first people like look at people in the media and how much success they've had, and 
they don't actually realize how much hard work's gone into that. No, because we see the we just see the success. Yeah, I think that's the problem. It just comes down to reevaluating our mindset and our behaviors and what we actually want. So, which which bit came first? Was it the book or the coaching? Uh, the book came first. So how how what was what was the process for that? Obviously, you've got you've got a good old chunk of learning to do to get some serious facts. Well, I spent about six months researching it before I started writing, and then the writing took about a year, maybe just closer to a year and a half. So it was pretty much uh, wake up every morning at half or five o'clock, do writing, then I'd go to the gym, go to work from nine to five, and then get home and and carry on to about 10 in the evening so it was pretty intense that was for a year yeah that's serious it was one of those things that i wanted to do it properly and i didn't want to just replicate something else that someone else had done like i wanted to write something that was actually meant something it was kind of based around the guidance help and support that i wish i had yeah and then how how did you sort of promote that book i mean i guess you've got some marketing skills which came in nice and handy yeah, I was quite lucky with the marketing background, and it's just been a lot of time um, doing a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of internet marketing, email marketing, doing workshops, seminars, and I'm trying to start doing more events where I can go and do public speaking and kind of share my message. And like I said earlier, I want it's my goal in the next couple of years to kind of get involved in the education system and kind of push that message further as well. And how about the coaching? What's what does that entail? That pretty much, um, because everyone's different, that kind of what I offer is completely tailored around the individual. So I start with, I do a free start your weight loss journey breakthrough session. And I sit down with someone over Skype and talk about challenges they face, what they want to change, why they want to change, what hasn't worked in the past and kind of map out where they are and where they'd like to be. And then from there, we can put together a tailored plan of exactly how they're going to get there. And then if I feel like it's someone that I can work with, then I'll take them on as a coaching client. If not, I'll give them as much help and advice that I can to kind of start their journey. Because I wanted from the very start of my business um, to build a reputation of someone who can get results and only takes on clients that I can truly help and feel passionate about. So it's not about just taking on anyone just for the money. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important in any business. And I think with the planning thing as well, it's just... I think so often people say they want to change or do something and they never really do anything about it. So I think regardless of what you're trying to do, if you can actually put together a plan, map out exactly what you want to do and then work out the exact steps you need to take to get there, it suddenly becomes real and you can actually achieve it. I think So I think for whether you're trying to lose weight, improve your health or progress in your career, that's something we all need to start doing more of. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like you say, they're all about the plan. It's all right having it written on the walls and on your hands and how God knows how many pieces of paper around in the office or whatever. You have got to start. You can have as you can have the best plan in the world, um, but if you don't do anything about it, it's not going to move, is it? Well, I think so many of us are guilty of going to bed at night and just lying in bed thinking, "Ah, oh, tomorrow I'm going to start exercising or I'm going to start studying to further my career." And, then in the morning it just becomes an afterthought and something else comes up that makes it inconvenient. And I think by actually writing it down and planning it out, it suddenly becomes real and then you can actually start acting on it. 
because regardless of how small the steps that you take, if you can keep each and every day kind of progressing, that's all that really matters. I think that was one of the biggest things for me in my journey and what helped me was actually thinking about what I wanted to do, how I wanted to help people, the exact steps I needed to take in order to do it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, but I tend to ask, uh, I'll try and pull out something across um, the whole of this conversation. And I've got a, a couple of things I'd like to ask you on because I think there's, I think there's a few different aspects we can look at. Um, when you, you made a, it's quite a significant change. I mean, it's not just something small. It's, it's very, very opposite really going from marketing to, um, an author really on something that's not marketing related. So what sort of, um, well, I guess this include, this does include the coaching as well. So what sort of barriers do you feel that you, you came up against quickly? Um, and how, what was your sort of task of getting around them? Well, Firstly, it was um, learning to progress as a writer. I think if you want to be an author, you've got to set the level really high. And that was one thing. I hadn't done much writing, so I needed to start learning to kind of perfect my craft and then also kind of find ways to transfer skills. So what I'd learned in my marketing background and wanting to deal with people and how I could actually apply it to starting a business. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people overlook is a when you start a business on your own and the, the amount of work that you actually have to do from learning how to do finances to marketing, promoting yourself and keeping on top of paperwork, it's a lot to take on. Yeah, yeah, you're wearing a lot of hats when you're on your own. Yeah, so I think that was probably the biggest barrier, just trying to work out how to divide my time and what's going to have the most positive impact on what I'm trying to do. What do you think was um, the bi- the thing that surprised you the most um, with regards to thinking, shit, I didn't realize I was going to have to do that. You know, sort of the steep learning curve. How long? Was there, was there any one thing that you just went, Poof, wow, Christ, I've got to do that? Yeah, how long it took to write a book. Like, it's one of those things, like, <laughs> until you try and actually do it, you don't realize, like, how long it takes. Um, someone gave me some really good advice saying, however long you think something's going to take, double it at a very right. minimum. Because I think I learned that very quickly in everything I was trying to do in my business that it takes far longer than you could imagine. Like even just writing content, creating websites or whatever you're trying to do. And yeah, for me, it was just throwing myself into the deep end with all of that. And how do you think you fared getting through all of that? I think it's been great, to be honest. Like it's been a good learning curve. Like, and it's, for me, it's really helped my confidence as well going forward, it's especially completely changing career. Like you always initially have that self-doubt, is this the right decision? Should I have done this? Like, is it going to work out? And from like the feedback and the results I've got and like just what people have said, how it's positively, positively impacted their lives, I'd say it was definitely worth every second. I think hearing things like that just spur you on. It's, do you know when it makes you think, do you know what? This is a real confidence boost and it's just going to make you just crack on and just push and push and push. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy, especially with the internet, especially and you, when you're trying to grow an online business, that the fact that you can reach people from all corners of the earth. Like I had one guy messaging me yesterday who was in Greece and saying he just ordered a copy of my book because he's been following my blog posts for a while and it's just crazy that you can kind of reach people from all over. Do you not find that I, I'm continually surprised 
um, specifically since I started doing this podcast, of just how um, open and reachable people are. Yeah, I think a lot of people moan about the way the technology is taking over and how people are obsessed with their phones. But at the same time, we're more connected than ever. It's never been easier just to get something off of the ground, especially digitally. Um, the, the the technology that we've got and the things we're able to do is just really is just mind-boggling. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I've asked uh, quite a few people on uh, just processes and tips and things like that just for this podcast. But when you, you, you kind of put people on a pedestal, but they are just people, so ask away what's the worst thing that's going to happen you send them an email or a tweet and they don't reply oh dear ask somebody else and but people are so ac- so accessible and they're also willing just to help i i agree completely like that was one of the things i wanted to build as a foundation into my business because i found for me personally back when i was struggling i was so afraid to ask for help like I, even, I remember clearly a few times i went into the gym when i first started and i was so self-conscious that it was too busy and I actually went home and I kind of told myself, oh, I can't, it's too busy. I can't do it properly. I'll come back later. And it was just because I was scared to ask what I should actually be doing. And I get that on a regular basis, people coming to me saying they don't know how to exercise. They don't know what to eat. And they're kind of ashamed of that because we kind of have this ingrown thing where we feel like, oh, other people are doing it. I'm alone in not knowing how. So I try and encourage with mine that I've always got an open email address that people can email me any questions and it's a free service I offer to give help and support and try and give back to others struggling just because I've seen firsthand and know how difficult it actually is. Yeah, and I think that goes a long way. Uh, Yeah, I think in a business that's absolutely essential. Like you need to build that trust and you need to show people that you actually genuinely care. Yeah, I agree. And people are people don't think that you can do great exercise at, as a, at home. You don't have to go to the gym. No, I found for a lot of people that with a properly structured, tailored plan, they can achieve more in twenty minutes that, at home than they could in an hour just bouncing around from one machine to another in the gym. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It just comes down to changing your perceptions because with the internet and Instagram, we're kind of sold on the fact that if you can still stand up to the end of your workout or you haven't thrown up, you haven't worked hard enough. and Yeah, it's just about education. Yeah, it just puts people off the entire I like desire to even try. I think that's one thing we really need to just push people. Just give it a go. At the end of the day, if you try something new and you don't like it, then who cares? Like, at least you know. So it's like with me with the gym, like I couldn't think of anything worse than lifting weights. And now it's something I look forward to doing. But if I didn't try it and push my comfort zones, then I would have never given it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so one thing I'm just going to come out flat out and ask you out of all of this, was it worth it? A hundred percent. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, genuinely, if I won the lottery tomorrow and had an endless amount of money, where I'd never have to worry about cash again, I'd still wake up every morning and do exactly what I'm doing, which for me, that is kind of the lottery winning. I wouldn't change any of it. I think that's something that a lot of people want, but a lot of people don't have. It's con- I don't think there'd be, I think there'd be a lot of people who would say, well, I'd be off. Do you know what I mean? But to hear to hear somebody say that's very refreshing i think well if i could if i won endless amount of money tomorrow yeah i'd still do what i do i love it that much and i've got that much passion behind it then it's really really great to hear 
Yeah, for me, it, when I got into this, it wasn't about money. It was about wanting to make a positive impact and help as many people as possible. I think in any business, if you can kind of get something about that that you genuinely care, then you're never going to have to work. Like you're actually going to enjoy everything you do. Like when, yeah. when I was working at marketing, I hated it. Like I hated going on social media and doing all these campaigns. But now that I'm doing it for myself, I genuinely enjoy it because I'm writing about stuff I actually care about and yeah. engaging with people who it's actually making a difference. So it just depends how you look at it because it's like I was doing the same email campaigns back then a few years ago, but doing them was an absolute grind and hated it. Whereas now it's enjoyable. So I think it just comes down to your mindset and what you actually want out of life. And I guess that's where you can help a lot of people through the coaching. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the biggest problems with dieting and fitness is we do it for a short period of time, but we don't really tackle our ingrained habits and our core behaviors. And that's what everything really comes down to is just our mindset and beliefs. Yeah. So out of everything that we've discussed, it doesn't matter which bit it is, what do you think your biggest tip would be for people that are wanting to make a change like you have? I'd say start small. Uh, we're kind of sold on everything that we have to, it involves huge grand gestures and overhauling our entire lives. But if you just start with small gradual steps and just keep pushing yourself further, it's going to be far less daunting and overwhelming and you'll actually enjoy it and stick to it. Because saying that you've got some huge big goal is often going to put you off getting started. But if you can break it down into small, gradual steps and keep progressing, it's all that's going to matter. And you can apply that to everything from building a business to losing weight or training for a 5K for charity. It's just, yeah, just start small, strip it right back and just don't overcomplicate it. Like often the simplest option is actually the right one. Yeah, somebody I interviewed not too long ago, actually, the episode that went out um, this uh, week, yesterday, the 8th of February, with uh, Chris Ducker, he he's he told me something that he'd heard a, a while ago, and it's K-I-S-S, which is keep it simple, stupid. And just keep, and just do exactly what you've just said. That's a, a saying that he's heard, which I, I think is fantastic. Yeah. Keep it simple. Well, as an example of that, I'm... I quite often do an online challenge just to show people how big of an impact small actions can have. And for a week, all I get them to do is add a portion of vegetables to every meal or fruit for breakfast, drink two liters of water every day, and also find ways to walk for 30 minutes a day, even if it's in five or 10 minute chunks. A lot of people come in skeptical saying, oh, that's not gonna be enough to do anything. And on average, people doing that lose two to six pounds in the week. Uh, They have better time managing stress, like their sleep improves, have more energy, their mood and focus improves as well. And it just gives them the confidence that they can change. And it doesn't mean giving up that favorite. If they're gonna notice and feel something, they're gonna go, whoa. Yeah, you've just got to build the foundation. Yeah, and just like you say, start small. Byron, how can people um, learn more about your book and more about you? Well, um, my book, Become a Better You, is available on Amazon globally. And people can also, the best way to find me is go to tailoredlifestyles.co.uk. And there, like I said, they can book in for a free session with me or just send me an email if they've got any questions about dieting or weight loss or fitness and just want to have a chat. So it's tailoredlifestyles.co.uk. That's great. Thanks very much for sharing your story. Uh, Thanks for having me on. That's it for this episode of The Turning Point. I've been your host, Daniel Moore, and today's guest has been Byron Morrison. 
And remember, together we can make one of life's biggest hurdles that much easier to overcome. <laughs>